paperless movement, your productivity, your way. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Productivity Like a Pro podcast. I'm so excited with my co-host and friend, Paco Cantero. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a really exciting topic we want to talk about. I'm sure many of you are struggling with digital note-taking in the business world. And uh, today, we will talk a lot about this. We will talk about that there is a difference between shallow and deep thinking and that there are different tools that you should use for your note-taking. So I think there are a lot of things that we will discuss today that surprise many just seeking for the one and only tool. So Paco, welcome to the show. Let's go. Hi, Tom. Hello, everybody. So happy to be here to discuss about this deep topic, I could say, <laughs> although we will be a little bit shallow, okay, so that people don't get annoyed and don't get confused because we are pragmatic. We want things that really work for busy professionals as we are. I'm, I'm ready to go. I don't know how we can start talking about this, maybe starting yeah, with the well, taking process. I don't know. Yeah, we can we can talk about the the common thing that we see on social media. The question, what is the best note-taking app? Oh, well, yeah, and that's a usually classic. usually then people answer <laughs> single-worded, like Evernote, Notion, yeah, and yeah. so on. But if you go to the website, paperlessmovement.com, and you check out the tools that Paco and I use, then you will see several note-taking apps there. And I think that's what we need to explain. So I know that many busy professionals using Apple Notes as well for note for meeting notes. But we also use ClickUp for note-taking. So all these things we will reveal in this, in this podcast. And also let's talk about what's the difference between deep and shallow thinking then. Yeah, I think that that's the most important point, okay? Because, well, I, I love to, to see the engagements whenever someone asks on social media, what's the best note-taking app? And then people throw quickly to the reply and there are discussions and there are people talking about, I don't know, Notion with Apple Notes with, I don't know, Tana. It's a, it's a mess. There are people who put habit trackers, well, everything, everything, because <laughs> the moment that you are putting something into a system you are already writing or note taking you know <laughs> here everything gets confused because it's a saying a meeting know that something i want to be remembered i don't know something i want to think about an idea something an image a graph everything becomes chaotic and everything merges that's why we always try to split the things so that by splitting the things and the concepts people get a better understanding of the things. I think that it's pretty important to separate the two main worlds inside ICOR, information and action. And then when talking about information, we love to split again into deep thinking and shallow thinking because it's not the same. If I'm preparing a blog post, it's not the same as if I'm jotting down notes in a meeting or I just want to get remember about something. And shallow thinking refers to that type of thinking. Moment you use your brain for things that you don't really need to dedicate a lot of time to think about it. That's the, the, the concept, okay? It's much better defined in our courses, okay? But I won't just want to be uh, and use common language so people get the point. Whenever you don't go deep, it's not a, something that you need to be focused on, something that you just want to write it down because you're in a meeting or you are somewhere and you get to, to write that thing down so that 
you can go back and retrieve that information at any moment. That's shallow thinking. And that's why we can start creating a classification inside the note-taking apps world or the note-taking software, because you will see that based on these brain, these brain processes, then you can start understanding why makes more sense to use one type of software instead of other one because yeah. when you move to deep thinking that's just the opposite deep thinking is when you need to really understand something that it's complex when it's uh, you need to go really deep into a thought when you want to deliver something that needs to be focused talking about the, the time and the the brain process that you are using and separating those two two type of brain processes I think that brings clarity, okay, to start the journey of note-taking and moving into the PKM world, for instance. I think what also needs to be mentioned here is another concept that we talk about in I-Core is the single source of truth, mm -hmm. because this also means that there are different information types. And now you talked about deep thinking and shallow thinking, but if you look at it, piece of information that you try to collect or to capture, um, these different types of information get stored in different places. So when we say single source of truth, it's the same principle as people say, I'm looking for the best note-taking app, and this will be the one app to collect everything. People also get the misconception that the single source of truth is just one single source of truth that you try to build which is essentially your productivity system end-to-end -end will be your ultimate single source of truth, but it is split into separate single source of truths, even within the same tool, you could see it the same way. So, for example, uh, let's say for ClickUp that I mentioned in the beginning, when we take meeting notes, there might be a piece of information that's relevant for the whole team. So, therefore, I go to the relevant task where I collect this information for everybody to see. There's no point that everybody writes this down in their own notebooks and then sit together again and say, oh, what did you write up last time? And, and try to make meeting minutes afterwards. No, just go directly to the task, write down what was discussed and agreed on. And therefore, this task becomes the single source of truth for this uh, topic that was discussed in the meeting. And I think from there, we start to understand better where to place down things. So now going back to shallow thinking and deep thinking, you think again a bit in a bigger picture where you say shallow thinking, what is my single source of truth for shallow thinking content? There might be different tools for your shallow thinking because in one you're just collecting websites and the other one you're just taking meeting minutes. So this is two different types of shallow thinking that you do there. But by understanding that there are differences of different types of nodes, that's that's really the key element here to move forward. Yes, and also you can trust on techniques because there are different techniques. For instance, one that I love, it's called outlining. Okay, People think that an outliner is just bullets and that's it. But outlining goes further. And in fact, there are specific tools that are based on in outlining and that's pretty important okay because it depends on the way you because also trying to reply to the question what's the best note taking up it depends it depends on for what it depends on how your brain works it depends on your circumstances and because maybe if i'm on mobile i use a certain note taking up and if i'm on desktop i can use another one so 
it doesn't make any sense to <laughs> trying to reply to that question. The point is, how can I capture information without any friction effortlessly? And how can I easily retrieve it whenever I may need it? I think that that's the, the, the really question that people should reply or, or, or that's the answer that people want to, to achieve. And that doesn't come from that question, okay? That yeah. becomes from thinking about the brain processes and then thinking about the different situations that you are facing on a daily basis. For instance, if you are going to meetings and you have an iPad, how do I get the information there? That's yeah. something that gives you answers, okay? Because the moment that you interact with an application that doesn't work properly on in an iPad, you got the answer, okay? Then you need to find something. If you go back to desktop and you want to retrieve those meeting notes that you made effortlessly, quickly, make searches, then it gives you another point of view. So I think that maybe we can start sharing how we work on these different scenarios, because I think that most of our members who are busy professionals, as ourselves, are looking for clear answers. And we know that people are looking for tools, okay? Yeah. How they are focused on the how, but we think that this little introduction about the concept, and now we will see the different workflows that we define and then how we implement them in the different tools because it's pretty straightforward you can see it on icor framework that we have perfectly defined the, the tools that we use for these processes and i think that most of the different scenarios that we face are the ones that our listeners are uh, facing constantly on a daily basis it's very important to point out that you have to look at this from a tool agnostic perspective and <laughs> when i see sometimes comments on youtube that people say you are switching tools again and i i'm now i need to use this tool as well or i just started using the tool that you recommended three years ago now you're suddenly <laughs> changing the tool that's really important then that whenever we change a tool which is actually very rarely <laughs> that we switching tool in our own systems doesn't mean that we are not reviewing new tools, but always from the perspective of the tools that we already use. But for us, it's very easy to switch a tool when we decide it works for a specific feature better because these tool agnostic workflows is what we are moving to the next tool. So the tool is just a shell where we have everything in there and then we just move on. Now we could discuss how you migrate the information into the next tool and so on. However, that that's not really the problem. The thing is, uh, and the other thing is that people might think we are switching tools is that we are talking about several tools when it comes to note-taking. And that's why it's now important to talk about what tools do we use because it's several tools that we use and it, we are not switching between these tools. They all have a specific purpose. And now obviously people want to know what tools they are, but it's important to, to say that these tools are the tools that we use, Paco and I, at the paperless movement for the specific business. And it is not the set of tools that all our members use as well. That's the beauty. If you go into our membership, you will see all these ICO frameworks from all our members who are sharing what note-taking apps they are using. And they might look completely yeah. different because they have different use cases. And this is where we see the confirmation that what we teach actually works, that people understand, ah, that's what I need. 
I don't have to, we release the pressure that I don't have to use the tool that we recommend or anybody else recommends on YouTube, but they would, will pick the tools that work best for their specific use case. And for our specific use case, our current setup is Reader, Tana, and Heptabase. That's in the PKM area of the iCore framework. And then we could also say BKM, which is business knowledge management, is the ClickUp, where we also have ta no taking. But let's stick with the Reader, Tana, Heptabase, because this explains best the, the workflow from shallow to deep thinking, right, Paco? So, yes, uh, because I think that there's also a differentiation that we need to, to make that it's the process of capturing things from the outer world, okay? Things that you'd find somewhere and you want to capture, store, and retrieve, and your own thoughts. I think that theirs is where the mess begins, okay? Because <laughs> People get confused, even ourselves, because there are a lot of overlapping between the different tools. And that's something we need to understand. You know, the software companies tend to deliver features, okay, as beasts to try to grab as many people as possible, as many clients as possible. And then the overlapping thing appears, emerges, and then people get confused because there are workflows that you can implement in different tools and that's where the chaos begins and i think that at that moment the most important thing is trying to reduce the number of app, apps to the most okay and being understanding okay that every tool no matter what the software company says are specific for a certain use cases and they try to over deliver but that usually it's done in the wrong way, I mean, because it's not easy to cover such a huge number of features perfectly, okay? And there are tools that are specific for a certain features, and for the other, they have weaknesses. And that's the most important point, to detect yeah. the strengths of each app, and then create a parallelism between your workflows, the ones that you run inside your brain, and the strength of each tool and that's what we have done okay uh, now that we are going to share for instance how we start the, the shallow thinking system in our case is using tana okay because especially in my in my case okay i think like an outliner it was a technique that i learned a long time ago i, I use many tools the one i stick the most was workflowy it was a tool that i used for years okay that's why we don't change tools from one month to the other. We are talking about years, okay? Until there's something that we consider that it's much better. And whenever we find a shiny tool or a shiny new object, it's something that we immediately compare with the current tool stack. And then we see the weaknesses and the strengths. And it's pretty easy to decide if the current tool stack is better or worse than the new tool. Or maybe if that tool works really well in a specific use case or a feature because for instance there are tools that are specifically designed to capture things on mobile you can use it for that use case and then keep using the the current uh, tool stack i think that people when face the, the the world of software they try to be one or zero black or white yeah. i use this or that and no it's by trying to find complementary tools 
how you can run your workflows pretty smoothly. And I think that that's one of the most important things. I just like to add there that if you're struggling, if you're just getting started, then I would recommend to actually try to force the things into one tool, which you probably do already. But realize then where are the friction points? What type of information you struggle with taking notes in this tool? Like, you know, you you have a tool and you feel very well when you have a deep thinking process, when you have a complex problem and you try to manage this and, and figure things out. It works very well. But then you realize, but meeting notes, man, I really struggle. I have a lot of friction opening up the tool, taking the notes, trying to share it then with the team and th so saying things like that. So this is where you realize the friction. So you have a specific use case within the tool where you now can look outside and see if there is any other tool that is specialized in, for example, meeting notes that makes it easy to retrieve, easy to share, or even use the existing systems in your business for that. So this is the, is it then the bottom-up approach, I would say? <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you can say it in this context as well, but yeah. So start with one tool, not try to figure out, okay, I use this set of tools and then it makes everything sense. Then you will fail again because you will get overwhelmed with all these features. It's just the incremental steps that you do slowly to adjust your system. So start with one tool, see where the wall comes that you hit, that you cannot get, that gives you the friction, and then look for the next tool. I think that uh, squeezing a tool is one of the most beautiful things because you start betting and double down on different use cases, different scenarios, different situations, and you see that sooner or later, you're gonna find friction. No matter what the software company is telling you, you will see that that doesn't work. And maybe it's just because we have to understand that we are individuals, okay? People who each of us think differently. And maybe the way that the software company thought about the workflow that people will follow that process is totally different than the one that you are uh, following just by using your brain or because of your situation or maybe because even your company is telling you that you can only use a certain type of tool or, or whatever. There are many reasons. In our case, as I was saying, Tana is the one that works best because for me, anything that I think, okay, because I'm talking about storing and capturing my own thoughts. That's pretty important, okay? Because talking about content from the outer world, for me and for us, okay, at the paperless movement, it's reader, okay? From Readwise, I know that it's confusing for, for people, okay? Because this company that is called Readwise has two different products. One is Readwise and the other one is Reader. They're gonna try to merge both products. But for me, Reader, it's amazing, okay? Because it's directly connect with uh, Readwise. Readwise helps you uh, store highlights, okay? Things that you use in Reader can highlight, okay? And then they are connected to Readwise. And that way, using Readwise, you can practice a space repetition, okay? Because you go into the app, for instance, I go every day, and every day I'm reviewing all the highlights that I have done. So you can, the workflow is pretty, straightforward okay because it's pretty easy to capture things on reader no matter if you are on desktop or 
or mobile, okay? You can capture a tweet, you can capture an article, you can capture whatever you, you may imagine. Any Kindle content, highlights, any, right? Correct, Kindle highlights, a Medium article because it's connected to Medium, for instance. Uh, imagine all of them. I think that they have become a standard, okay? Um, they did, I highly recommend to read the, the manifesto, okay, that they did a long time ago when they started uh, developing Reader because it explains all the friction that all the users are suffering when navigating on the internet or how we go through information using our mobile devices. And it's amazing because the moment that you capture something, then you can start consuming that content. And at that moment, whenever you see something that resonates with you, you highlight and that it sends automatically, not only to read wise, okay, to later on practice the space repetition uh, process that I have just described, but also to a lot and a lot of PKM tools like Heptabase, like Tana, like Obsidian, like, well, a huge bunch of tools. I think the other day, uh, I thought they, they made a recent with what was the name is the competitor of Etabase? it's a screentel okay a screentel they have made also the connection so in your pkm tool okay the tool that we will talk in a minute and uh, the tool that you use to convert information into knowledge okay then you are receiving no, information into action or what do you mean no i mean information into knowledge because you can evolve that ah. highlight for instance using your own thoughts and then you create the knowledge and if you decide to move forward we will explain later on uh, the, the workflow that we use but the point is that just having reader and tana tana for my own thoughts for the meeting for instance when i go to a meeting for me is quite straightforward to because bullets and outliner for me are, are great, okay? It, is, it helps my process of quick thinking, okay? It's just to give a little structure and that's it. That's the, the beginning of everything. And with that, you got the information in your system and now it's the moment of, of processing it after you have captured it. Yeah, so we talked a bit unstructured between the different tools now. So let's have a, uh, let's talk about a specific workflow, right? You see a blog post article and you want to make notes about this blog post article. So what we show also inside the PKM Like a Pro course and the digital note-taking Like a Pro course and implementation parts that we show these workflows in more detail. But in general, you would save this blog post in Reader and in Reader, you can calmly read this blog post without any distractions of advertising or anything like that. So there you take your highlights. These highlights get synchronized then to Heptabase, for example. And there, if you want to have a deep thinking about this topic that this blog post belongs to, then you go to Heptabase and you take then this already condensed information from these highlights into your deep thinking, put it onto a whiteboard, and then you connect it with all the other knowledge that you already collected around this content. So Tana sits in between. This is, you mentioned already, Tana is for note-taking, for meeting notes, for example, but also for drafting out scripts. That's where you use Tana for, Paco, right? So it's in combination with Heptabase because Heptabase is really great. And I always try to force the things to do more on Heptabase. I want to really, I'm at the point where I try to have this one tool and I see the friction and I always 
get back to Tana, but I still try to to get the most out of Heptabase in this case as well. But I don't want to clutter up the deep thinking system, which is Heptabase then. Therefore, Tana makes more sense then because there you have a different setup to collect information. It doesn't hurt if you just collect random thoughts and so on. So how do you do the process to differentiate between Tana and Heptabase to really decide when to move things from Heptabase back to Tana to work on there and refine things and then back to Heptabase. That's, I think, one use case. And when do you actually collect things in Tana and then move it forward to Heptabase? What's the process there for you, Paco? For me, uh, it's important to say that Reader allows uh, people two features or two processes that I think that are pretty interesting. One is commenting because you can comment on any highlight that you make, you can comment there that that's pretty important because you take advantage of momentum, you have read something, something pop up in your mind, and then you can highlight, create the comment, and then keep, keep walking. The point is that also you can tag, and that's pretty important because tags allows, allows us to send that piece of content to what we call a bucket okay a bucket is like a recipient okay a place where more or less all the things that are in there are related one to each other so that you can go there and and create the imagine for instance i you can create a tag named pkm or not taking or whatever and the moment that you're interested about that you can create a search using plain text okay but you can go to the tag and see all the things that you have saved using that, that tag. Because tagging, it's a, a, a really good technique to connect information between different tools because you are using the same tags, the same buckets in the different tools that you are using. So for me, uh, going back to the question that Tom has just asked me, it's crystal clear when I need to move something to the deep thinking system in our case, Eptabase. I start outlining when I try to develop a, a thinking and the moment that I see and feel that it's becoming so clutter, okay? <laughs> I'm starting to get lost. I, I cannot keep moving things up and down. I'm confused. It's the moment that I move to Eptabase because Eptabase has something that it's really amazing. It's combining text with visual whiteboards and that's pretty important because there's a moment that we need visual in our lives in our thinking process and that's what i do at that moment i move to database create the reference so that everything is connected okay it's just creating an entry on database in that card if it's a card okay that says tana outline and then i copy and paste the link to tana so that i create the connection between database and tana Manually, no need for automation, no need to overcomplicate the thing. It's pretty quickly. I go to database, create an outline, boom, create the link. And then I directly copy and paste everything from the outliner to Eptabase. And then the beautiful thing about that is I can move forward and then use a whiteboard. And at that moment, I can start seeing the different concepts, the criteria that I use to write the things down. And then I create different elements, different objects in a whiteboard visually, and I start putting order into that chaotic things, drawing lines, putting things up and down, but visually. And that's one of the most important that I 
and we found out talking about Eptabase compared to some other visual thinking tools like Miro, for instance, is that Eptabase creates really well and really nice the text, the content that is based on text, okay? Because the moment that you move there, every paragraph becomes a block and a block can be converted into a card easily, pretty straightforward. It seems, I know that people who are listening to the podcast can be confused, but if they see any of our videos that we have shared about Eptabase, they will see that it's really, really easy. That's why one of the reasons why we moved to Eptabase uh, this year, because it's amazing how these guys have thought about the process of combining text and visual elements in a way that uh, you don't need to be nerdy. Uh, it's pretty easy, pretty straightforward, pretty intuitive. And the moment that you start working on a whiteboard, that's amazing, okay? Because you got lines, you got colors, you can move things from one card to the other, and then you see the whole picture. And by the way, it's important that although Eptabase is not a pure outliner, but you can work using bullets, you can collapse, you can create, what's the name of this control? I cannot remember. You can up and down so you can zoom in and zoom out into the information inside a, a paragraph because you can create sections and then you can collapse collapse the sections. You can the open the, the toggle headers, yeah. A toggle, uh, that, uh, that was it, a toggle. And, and that's uh, pretty important because then you keep developing your thinking because some other thing that I do immediately on Tana I create a link to the database whiteboard and whatever so that I can, for instance, create a search in Tana about something. And whenever I go there, I say, oh, I created, I've created a, I don't know, long time ago, maybe a whiteboard here and let's see. And then you see how we are moving without any effort, any friction and using best features of each application. Uh, and that's the most important thing because People from Tana will tell you that they are the best PKM tool and people from Etabase, they will say exactly the same. No matter where you are or what you look at, they will see because maybe a lot of people, they can use just Etabase or Tana and they can develop your thinking. But for me, not having an outliner is a weakness and also not having visual thinking at a certain level of thinking, it's also a weakness. So then, and it's impossible because going a little bit deeper, why this is, why it is, is because the way you develop, the way they created the application, it's dramatically different. How you code to develop an outliner and how you code to create something like Etabase. And that's why it cannot become, it's impossible. Maybe they can do inventions or whatever. People from Obsidian, okay, Obsidian using plugins, they are creating the visual thinking, okay? They also have plugins to create an outliner. But when you compare the outlining experience of Obsidian with a, a plugin versus any pure outliner like Workflowy, like Tana, I don't care. It's just the concepts, it's the technique. I don't care about the tool. It's a huge difference. And also when comparing visual tools, because even tools that are really amazing, talking about visual, like Miro, when you compare the visual features of Eptabase versus the visual <laughs> features of Miro, Miro wins the battle without any doubt, but the point is that for that thinking process that you don't need, you just need a little bit of visual features, they have distilled that. That's the most important thing about Eptabase. They have been distilling 
features from crucial tools like, for instance, Miro, Rome, or Notion. And they have just created something that for certain workflows work really, really well and really nice. And yeah. I think that that's pretty important. Yeah, yeah, you pointed out something very important there as well. That's I mentioned that I tried to force the things to Heptabase, but I realized also something working in Tana is working with long-form text. So whenever you try to write a blog post, for example, in Tana, it's impossible. You just get bullet points there. And then if you look up, there are YouTube videos explaining you how to download code and to install this to make it look like a proper thing. And it reminded me so much on Obsidian that you can do anything you like in Obsidian, but you have to rely on third-party developments and things like that. And especially as a busy professional, you cannot afford that this stops working on the next day. So this was immediately, obviously, I, I said, no, I'm, I'm drafting this in Heptabase because when you need to compare it with something, with something else, then I would compare from the feeling of using the UI UX. Heptabase is more like the notion in the PKM, and Tana is more like the Obsidian. So Tana is really a steeper learning curve, and you have flexibility adding custom code and things like that to make it work the way you like it to. But we always try to avoid the things and use the no native features only because then you can 100% rely on that it will work in the future as well. Over time, the people, the developers might add new features, but as Paco already mentioned, it's unlikely that Heptabase will become a perfect outliner just based on this, the infrastructure that they have in the back end. And the same applies to Tana. Seeing uh, visual canvases there, it's questionable if it will be the same level as in Heptabase because I already mentioned you don't have long-form text in Tana. If you drag this into a map, then, then you have just bullet points in the map. So, And then Miro... There you have the friction. You cannot bring in your text easily and uh, the highlights that you did. So Heptabase is really the sweet spot. But again, Miro, we are using for brainstorming as a team. It's so easy to really develop something from scratch being in a team. So there, that's really, to sum this podcast up, that's really the key takeaway here. Make yourself aware of the different information types that you have there think first of all information and action then in the information think about deep thinking versus shallow thinking and then think about the different information types in these different areas before you even think about what tool you use just use a piece of paper and write it down there to get the, the first overview of the things make yourself aware of all the information that you collect every day that you work with every day and write these down and then once you have this map try to apply the different tools that you're already using to these different information types and you will already realize the friction points that you face every day and then use this to your advantage to seek specifically for the right tools that cover these friction points or join the paperless movement membership paco and i we are both personally in this membership and helping you to find the tools that you need for your workflows we help you to lay out this icor framework where you put all the tools on there and you go through the icor journey which includes the digital note-taking like a pro and the pkm like a pro courses to really cover the pkm area completely personally we move you through the action task management and project management as well and we are there all the way even with a one-on-two -on -two coaching in the end when you finish this journey so you're welcome to join or if you haven't already 
we will be here every week in this podcast. So make sure to subscribe to it and we'll catch you up next time. See you guys.